Hey guys, it's Tarika, and we're back with the Music Industry 360 podcast, part one of episode seven of Music Industry 360. We're going to be chatting about video distribution, so stay tuned for part two. We have two guests, and I guess Vanessa, she's kind of considered yeah. a guest today. <laughs> so three guests. <laughs> yes, three. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's going to go first, but um, my name's Alexandra. I'm the digital marketing coordinator here at Symphonic. And I'm Lorenzo, the video creative designer here at Symphonic as well. And you guys already know me. I'm Vanessa, but I'm also a uh, creative designer with Symphonic. Okay, so let's kick it off then. What exactly is video distribution? Video distribution is the process where you create a music video, like you're an artist or you're a record label and you have a music video created to go along with your track and you get it um, distributed to all the top platforms out there. One of the main things that I like to tell people is that your music video is meant to like to promote your track. It's a visual representation of your track, basically. So if I had a song about love and I just had baby pigs in the video, that would not be cool. I mean, every every artist is can do their own, you know, they're the subject to their own <laughs> artistic representation. You know, we're not going to judge that. I mean, we'll get into later on the technical requirements, but if you love baby pigs, then it would work for you, you know? So we're not one to judge on the content as long as it meets all the the, the content guidelines by all the video partners. Okay, as, sweet. As well as if you want to be associated with baby pigs. So when they see that, they will know that that's your music, that's your style. Gotcha. So it'd be like a branding thing. Yes. Okay. So what is the main purpose of video distribution? Well, I think like we touched on it briefly, but it's to get your get your music out there. Just another way to get your music heard through just a, another visual format. And we mostly get your music video on the popular streaming stores and it gets you it gets you up to the same playing field as other mainstream artists and also gives you more credibility and be be able to be verified as an artist okay sweet so what would you say is your favorite music video of all time vanessa oh man just put on the spot like that <laughs> i mean the first one that comes to mind obviously is michael jackson thriller because that like changed the whole music video scene but i have to think about it because there's some great ones lately that people have gotten really creative with music videos like sometimes i like the ones that are the one long shot i can't think of it. it's the one with the guys on the treadmills which one was that? Uh, okay, okay go. go yeah i think that's what it was i just there thought that was a really unique video <laughs> Okay, so Lorenzo, you mentioned that video distribution can help indie artists to be on the same playing field as other artists. What would you say are some of the top video platforms out there? Uh, most people, well, it used to be iTunes. It still is iTunes in terms of overall industry standard, but most people want to get on Vivo because that's where the the brand inside of it is when you look for music videos on YouTube. So YouTube is kind of becoming the new... MTV and well, Vivo is trying to be the new MTV, but everybody goes to YouTube first. So it that those are the two main big ones, and then there's for hip hop, it goes into Tidal, and since they're the newest uh, streaming partner in the game, and we also send out to Amazon Videos. So, so it, we have a good mix of both purchasing and streaming uh, opportunities. Okay, sweet. So what about MTV and VH1? You just talked about MTV a little bit. Uh, times are changing. <laughs> so MTV at least 
here in the United States, they don't show music video as often as they used to. And most of the time, it's like early in the morning that they show music videos. Like shows like TRL been, used to be around and be just kind of one of the staples. And they're just now trying to bring that back. So we don't know how that's going to um, really affect anything. But other parts of the world, these MTV, VH1, Much Music, all those TV channels, they still show countdowns and uh, music videos during the day and primetime hours. So even though it's not big here, it's still big on TV there. But it, but in terms of getting music videos on to those TV platforms, it's really, really hard to kind of move it up the chain to as you compete against the mainstream artists and labels that have money to keep pushing it and are able to take the risk of being on TV. Right, gotcha. Yeah, that's the main thing that we like to tell people is that with, at least with Symphonic's video distribution program, we will guarantee as long as your video meets all the guidelines, um, your video will go live on all those platforms that we distribute to. But with MTV and VH1, it's not a guarantee. How long does video distribution take? It take. I mean, for Symphonic Distribution, we recommend, if it's your first video, to actually do it about a month or two in advance, just because you need time to, to work on your branding, to work on your marketing, to partner with a PR firm, to tease a video, tease your track release. Um, but technically, if you really want to rush it out there and it's still your first video, it, it we usually say about two weeks. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's the very minimum yeah. that we would like. I, ideally, artists should do it months in advance, mm-hmm. three months before the video goes live. So when it goes live, it also goes live when the, the track drops. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of be a little bit forthcoming on how you're preparing your video and you release it and don't treat it as two different things. You have to treat it as part of the overall branding and your product. So if you wait and, and push it out, nobody you're going to catch your audience off guard. Yeah, and also, you know, giving it that far amount of time ahead, um, that's going to help your ability to get a feature placement on, let's say, Vivo, because they, they themselves, they have requirements to you know, submit one to two weeks ahead of time. So we need to make sure everything's processed by then. So if you were to, you know, upload your video the same week to us that you want it released, the chance of a feature placement is going to be really low. So what kind of music videos are there? It depends on your the concept you're going for. Some music videos are performance-based, so either performing on a stage, performing that's not in a live setting, but it's still a performance nonetheless and then there's story-based music videos that can also be mixed in with live performance uh, from the artists but the story-based one usually follows what the song is about or something entirely different concept-wise. Usually what I see a lot of is the like you were saying the mix like how they start out and they're like in like maybe three different um, locations just like like with hip hop like they'll be rapping the song but then it'll cut to like a storyline where they're walking with somebody and they're going somewhere you know it's kind of like a mixture that's what I see a lot. Yeah and and a lot of times it's not artists is not exactly the main character they're like the background Mm -hmm. band and then they have a main character for the video so so they're not really integrated into the visual story even though some art music videos do that and some just 
perform like traditional hip hop videos or rock videos that just them performing at a location. So it's it really there's a broad spectrum on how many styles of music videos that's out there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we also have like uh, lyric videos. You know, those are acceptable as well as long as they're well produced. You know, they're not like the karaoke style video. Like I've seen some really good lyric videos. Yeah, like the bouncing Mickey <laughs> or something. <laughs> like sing along songs. Like don't want that. But I've seen some really well done lyric videos. Actually, some done by Lorenzo. <laughs> through Symphonic because we offer that. Well, bare minimum animation. But we, yeah, we offer it, but it it all comes down to like an, an idea for the video. If you have an idea and a vision for the video, that will help kind of have the overall video be like that other than just being cool. Like everything can be cool, but unless you know what, you, what the cool thing is, you can't show it in the video. Something I've noticed too, you know, like with feature placements on Vivo, is they, I've noticed they tend to choose a lot of features that have a unique storyline to them that that isn't necessarily heard in the lyrics, but is its own unique story that they, you know, come up with for the video. So I personally enjoy those the most too. They're more entertaining. It's like more of a mini, mini um, movie. Yeah, it should draw people in with like, you know, like the opening scene. You know, I know those like, okay, we have something right away that grabs your attention and makes you watch it and makes you give them that one view, you know, counting mm-hmm. the views. Definitely. Yeah, and the one thing that we try to recommend to artists is try to make the video be unique in, in their own style because we do come across videos that are the basic music video stereotype that we come across. The hip-hop video was girls dancing in where money fl- flying everywhere, um, drugs, cars, mutton. So, like, it kind of falls in, gets lost in the, the sea of music videos because we all seen that type of music video. So, when you're trying to stand out, you that video, that style of video gets lost in that that genre because you're you're not standing out enough because everybody wants to do the same thing. So, what are some technical requirements for a music video to be approved? Well, in regards to actually all of our video partners but like iTunes probably has the most specifications but the main thing is like it should be an HD video you know 1920 by 1080 um, I don't want to go into too many specifications because it'll just fly over everyone's heads because yeah, there's a yeah. lot of yeah, phrases <laughs> yeah a lot of the specs are, is kind of what the current trend is is the video has to be high definition because there's no way to get around that because that's what everybody has access to now, no matter where you are, people will have widescreen TVs or internet access on the phone or TV. So everything has to be in HD, and all the partners mentioned that they want everything in HD. And HD means like a minimum 720p, and that's standard. And then it goes up to the 1080 HD, and you can do high res. Uh, 4K, 2K, but pretty much anything minimum to 720p wide is accepted by all partners. And does P stand for pixels? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything now it's more or less becoming uh, square pixels. Everything else has a pixel aspect ratio, and that changes based on TV stuff. But since we're doing 
video distribution that we offer is mostly online. Everything needs to be square pixels. So it just makes it easier so you don't have to worry about any kind of weird scrunching of the video footage going from one format to another. Lawrence, can you just mention briefly about the bit rates? Um, what? That's just, no, it's just something very, yeah, well, well, <laughs> that's something we get a lot where um, people will send something that it looks good, but when you look at the quality, it's actually like five megabits per second, which is, um, what is it really called? low quality. It's a, called bit rate. It's the bit rate. Basically, is how much data is moving from per second as the video is playing. So you need like at least 10 up to 50, sometimes 150 uh, megabytes per second. And... The lower the megabytes, even though that will make a smaller file size, it will make your video look like slower or the frame rate will look off to you because it will not show as much detail, especially if you have a high intensity video. We usually recommend right now 50 megabits per second and you can still get a, a not a huge video after it. So just try not to compress it too much because we always get videos that are the right size, but the bit rate is not there. So when you when you watch it, it looks it looks off because of the frame rate and the data is not there to make it look as sharp as it should be. And we actually offer like people can if they're unsure, like before they submit the video for for distribution, they can actually send it to us and we'll review it for them and just give them pointers saying like, hey, remove this or add this, you know, like we're willing to help you out with that so that you aren't wasting your time. Okay. Yeah. And one thing with videos is that even though it's supposed to market your music, like you don't need all the marketing on screen. So, oh, yeah, like social media links, yeah. credits, oh, okay. all that stuff. Yeah, because yeah. we always come across videos that were either already shared on their personal, and they have all these social media or these YouTube cards or end slates that they're trying to, for people to go to the website and so on. Uh, all the partners, they, they just want a clean video. They don't want all this extra marketing stuff. Uh, they really don't want videos to have dates on screen. Mm-hmm. Or websites or social media handles because dates can change. Um, social media platform, popular ones could change. So you don't want somebody to discover your music 5, 10, 15 years down the road. They've discovered, let's, let's say, uh, like a link, like a Linkin Park video. They watch it and it has it. If it says, like, uh, check out our album coming out in 2015 and you're watching it in, in 2025, that video already after you watch it, you already f- feel like it's dated yeah. because you have you saw that date in the video. So if you don't have any other like, dates in the video, then it will keep the video timeless as for future viewers to be able to watch it. And same thing would go to social media platforms that URLs can change, handles can change. Yeah, handle na- orders can get dropped from the label. Mm-hmm. Labels can change. So a lot of it, they just wanted to keep it as clean as possible. And also, I mean, you can't even click the link if it's in the video, you know? No. It's like, it's not a URL you can just click on and go to. So it's definitely better to just have those in your description. Yeah, and when we put videos on Vivo, it's not like a regular YouTube channel. So it's not as customizable as people are used to when they with their own personal YouTube. So you don't have as much control to throw in a card or put a link to another video. It's it's limited because it's going through the, the Vivo platform. So you can't do the same thing you would do with a normal YouTube channel. So clean video. You can put the title and the artist. A lot of people do that as long as it looks like it's part of the video. But just the best thing would be to just fade in from black, fade out to black. Like no credits, no social media, anything like that. That's the best method to go with. 
Okay, so YouTube and Vivo are two of the biggest uh, video platforms out there. What would you say are the main differences? So um, the main difference, you know, to start is the fact that YouTube is really limitless in terms of the type of video content uploaded to the platform, um, whereas Vivo is solely for music video content. And just to kind of dive into some more specific differences, you know, with your normal YouTube channel, you have the ability to quickly and easily manage all parts of the channel whenever you want. And that's really nice. to be able to, you know, upload and take videos down quickly um, at the time that you feel, and um, also to, you know, just privatize videos when you feel like it. And you can also interact with your YouTube fans um, through comments and messages and likes a lot quicker um, than Vivo. And another huge um, aspect of having a personal YouTube channel that you know, a lot of people don't necessarily take advantage of is the YouTube Creator Studio. And that is going to tell you, um, you know, how you can track your analytics. Um, You can see your traffic sources, what kind of people are viewing your videos. So you can better, you know, target your content even on other platforms when you're, you know, talking to your fans, holding contests, that kind of stuff. Additionally, you know, now live streaming has become huge, you know, on all all types of platforms on Twitter, Facebook, and now YouTube. So you can definitely take advantage of that um, if you want some more interaction with your fans. But, you know, with having your personal YouTube channel, um, it does become less likely for your videos to go viral unless they're optimized correctly. And I'll get a little bit more into optimization and what that means in a couple minutes. So with Vivo, on the other hand, um, you can't update the channel yourself, but you can have you know a distributor like Symphonic update your details per request. And even though you know having a Vivo channel does make you look more legit as an artist, it doesn't guarantee more exposure. Although, you know, with feature requests um, that we put out for our clients, you know, we gain features every week on Vivo. And um, that does give your videos the potential to go viral. So from that description, it makes you think that like, oh, should the artist just stick with their own channel then versus a Vivo channel? Or do you think they should have both? I personally think that you should have both. You should have, you know, for your official music videos, I would go with Vivo. Um, And what you can actually do is link both of your channels, you know, your Vivo channel and your personal channel by creating a playlist on both, linking the videos from both channels. And you can also feature the other channel on on the right side of your channel. And that's a, a nice quick step that you can do to just kind of link the two. Yeah, and you can just toggle back and forth. You know, yeah, you exactly. Go to the private one. I actually use, because uh, people have asked me sometimes in emails, I actually use Beyonce as an example because she has a personal channel and a uh, Vivo-branded YouTube channel. And when you look at her Vivo channel, it's just her official music videos, and that's it. But if you go to her personal channel, she has a playlist there that says official music videos, and it's all her Vivo videos. And then on her personal channel, she just has the um, behind-the-scenes videos and then uh, live performance videos, like any vlogs 
that she's done. So that's how she kind of uses both. And then, like you said, on the featured channels on the side there, she has her Vivo channel, you know, listed on her, the personal one, and then vice versa, the personal one on the Vivo page. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's the way to go. I if you're so trying too. to decide between two, just go with both. <laughs> As you know, Vanessa really studied about Beyonce page. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan of Beyonce, yeah. yes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to part one of our video distribution chat. Stay tuned for part two where we'll be talking about video monetization and YouTube optimization. See ya!